Alhamdulillah, Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an when he was given the position to be Khalifa Thalis the third successor to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam a man who was not just very intelligent but at the same time taking on that position scholars have said that he had this extra advantage Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an was famously known to be a very successful businessman and therefore when it came to trade and commerce no one could take on Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an he was famously known in Arabia to turn losses into profits and for someone like him to take charge it is like Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam when he said to the king of Egypt ij'alni ala khaza'inil ard inni hafizun alim make me the financial minister of Egypt and I will boost the economy of Egypt and subhanallah Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an was another very important character when he took on Khilafat to be the great Khalifa he made sure that Baytul Mal, the Islamic treasury remained with a very high balance at all times when it came to the Islamic economy he was very very careful he opened up different sources and avenues that became good revenues for Baytul Mal also. And inshallah in our session tonight I wish to put in front of you just some of the things that he did for this Ummah. In fact, what the world, Islamic world enjoyed later on for centuries 
even what the Muslims enjoyed in Andalusia was really after setting the platform of great wealth by Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala when he first took charge the first thing what he did was land allocation program this was what he took on his mission a lot of the people who did not want to stay under the banner of Islam and they chose to live somewhere else they had to go and they left at times there was a lot of plots lands that were untouched uh, not cultivated, uncultivated nothing was done about it a lot of abandoned lands the first thing Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala did was that he gave these lands to certain individuals who had a lot of experience in agriculture and farming this is something very important to give the position to that man who has some experience now if you tell somebody to become an imam he might be a person who knows how to recite the Quran but to be experienced in something that is again another uh, knowledge that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we see today for an example Zimbabwe suffering when the farmers were kicked out forcefully and lands were taken by uh, individuals by the people of Zimbabwe what happened the economy completely dropped Allahu Akbar because they did not even know how to maintain the lands that were there taken they did not even know the very the first lesson of farming so what is the use of owning lands when you have no experience so this was the mistake that a lot of leaders do and you see the downfall of the economy again the downfall of the economy is also with interest usury sued this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَمْحَقُ riba wa sadaqat. It is a collapse Just like communism died Slowly every system comes down Until you surrender to the system of Islam You have to surrender to the system of Islam Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan What he did with this package This program of allocating lands to individual He would have a panel of people to interview that individual and this land was given fi sabilillah but what he would check is the experience that that person had in farming and agriculture if he had some form of an experience then that land was given to him and alhamdulillah in fiqh there is one term that is known as khiraj that whatever produce that comes from the lands especially in the Islamic state then a certain portion of it is given to the Baytul Mal. This was the system during the Khilafat of the Khulafai Rashidin. Exactly which was ex- exactly that which was explained by Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this worked wonders for the Muslims. Just to give you an example, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an when he was a Khalifa for ten years. It is said that the annual revenue from farming and agriculture was 9 million dirhams per year. Kitne? 9 million dirhams per year. The minute Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan took charge per year, 
it was 50 million dirhams. Just to show you that experience Sayyidina Osman bin Affan had, a man who was greatly known for tijarat. Now he took charge. Exactly when it came to money, he laid the foundation, subhanAllah. During the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar, it was a lot to do with jihad, making sure that no one would cross the borders of Islam and it was jihad all the way, especially during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And just as things were slowly settling, economy is also something that is very, very important. Your, your financial strength is very important. And subhanallah, it is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the third Khalifa is Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And he started distributing lands to certain individuals who had this vast experience, mashallah, in farming and agriculture. One uh, valley which is famously known as Wadi An-Naqi, which is approximately 30 miles away from Madinatul Munawwara, perhaps that was the only land that was untouched, even from the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, and the same with Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. This was a land that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had stipulated, had set aside. In it were camels and horses. The purpose for camels and horses to be in this valley, and during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman, this valley stretched uh, for approximately 80 kilometers. So it was a very long stretch, and the entire valley was filled with animals, especially camels and horses. All of these animals uh, belong to the Islamic treasury, the Baytul Mal. The reason for that was if any time an announcement of jihad was to be made, Alhamdulillah, you would have strong, stouty animals that were always prepared, horses and cam- camels prepared to do jihad and wage a war against the disbelievers. So this was Wadi and Naqi in Madinatul Munawwara, subhanallah, Untouched, even in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, even in the time of Hazrat Umar Farooq, and continuing to the time of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. Something very unique about Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an is that he did not take a wage, a salary from Baytul Mal. Something that, that is just unique with Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar kabira. No salary at all was taken. It was his haq. If he wanted to take it, it was jais for him, it was lawful for him. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq wanted to take the same stance. But it was Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and that forced him that, no, you have to take a salary. You have to take a salary. And so with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar, it was very, very different. But when it came to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and he was the Khalifa, he said, I will not take a salary. You will still find today, if you read the wrong books, and you don't know who the authors are, uh, a lot of people today have even, aliyazu billah, accused Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, and they say that because he was from the Banu Umayyah tribe, that Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, because he was the Khalifa, took a lot of wealth out from the Baytul Mal and gave it to his family members. And what he did was he gave very high positions and opposed to those that were closely related to him. And you had the rebels that were there, even 
during the, the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, but especially during the time of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala, and especially those that were known as the Sabi'een. Sabi'een is a group of fitna that uh, the leader of that, in, that group was uh, Abdullah bin Sabah. Abdullah bin Sabah. Later on, uh, this was the group that had broken off to be Shias or Ravzis. And they did not like Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And so they started spreading false rumors that this is Uthman giving wealth to his family. When Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala realized this, he stood up and he said that Allah is watching me. Everything that I earn is purely from my own investment. I have not touched nothing from the Baytul Mal. And this is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he would maintain good ties with his family members. So Hazrat Uthman was very rich. And therefore what he did, not only did he support his immediate relations, but also those that were related to him, not very closely, distant relations, all of them were supported by Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. This was again an accusation that they put forward to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. This great, great Khalifa did not take anything for himself from the Baytul Mal. Now the system of Baytul Mal, again, uh, Subhanallah, Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an was very careful. A lot of money came into the Baytul Mal during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. During the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman, everything was divided into different provinces. The Islamic State was divided into different provinces. The main Khalifa lived in Madinatul Munawwara. That was Hazrat Uthman bin Affan. And the provinces were governed by the governors appointed by Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And a fixed salary was given to also the governors. The duty of the governor was to make sure that he would collect the income that would come from that province. So for an example, you had the non-Muslims. A lot of the non-Muslims decided to stay uh, in the Islamic State. Why? Because they would have to pay so little, just a simple jizya, and they were allowed to do whatever uh, a believer could do. Whatever permission was given to a Muslim, that permission was given also to that person who was not a Muslim. In fact, they even had permission to build their own places of worship and to have their own religious identity, be it a Christian, be it a Jew. And that freedom of religion was also there. And so a lot decided to stay with the Muslims. So the revenue that was coming was either by individuals who had to give zakat or people who had to give jizya in the case of non-Muslims. And then you had the khiraj. The khiraj was whatever the land, the, the Islamic uh, land would produce, whatever came from that land had to be given to, a certain amount had to be given to the Baytul Mal. And the, second, the third thing was import and export. That was also very, very important. Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an was very very careful with that. In fact, it is said that uh, he is the first man to shift the, the port from Arabia, which was in Ash-Shubay'ah. Ash-Shubay'ah was the port for the Arabs in the city of Makkah. So what he did, mashallah, he went to Jeddah. When he went to Jeddah, mashallah, you see the beautiful beach that is there, and he saw... Uh, the sea there in front of him with a group of people 
what he said to the people that were around him that the water that you see in front is very very blessed and Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala and took off his kurta and he said I am going to do ghusl in this water of Jiddah so brothers who want to go to Jiddah there is nothing wrong for you to go to the to the beach so Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala went and he took off his kurta from the top and those that were with him he said make sure all of you are wearing your izar and he said let my body uh, let the water of Jiddah touch my body and Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala went into the sea water that was there and he said to the people that I can sense that there is a lot of barakat in this water there is a lot of barakat in this water and he said from now on the port that the Arabs are using uh, will be transferred to the port of Jiddah and it is said that Alhamdulillah until today this port is the main port for Saudi Arabia import and export Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala was the main man who had opened up this path for the people to invest Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala was a man who was gifted when it came to trade and commerce. It is said that the highest salary that he paid was even more than the governors at times was to the mujahideen that fought in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The highest salary was given to them. And especially those that were looking after the Muslim, uh, sorry, the Islamic borders especially towards the region of Syria, Iraq and that part of the zone and also Iran all of the mujahideen that were in that part of the world they were given the highest salary Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala also made sure that he had a list of all the mujahideen and their families so he also gave a salary to the mujahideen and he would also pay from the baytul mal a salary to the family and so all of the children were given the education of madrasa and everything was paid for in fact Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala on what he did at times if he needed he would even gift the soldiers a house and that was given to them so those that were fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, there was no uh, worry for them if they fought and if shahadat was uh, destined for them mashallah a great status they knew straight away that it was the duty of the Muslim Khalifa to look after the family. This again is very very important. Unfortunately I've mentioned this so many times that today we find that a lot of people who are shaheed in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala especially in places like Afghanistan and also Chechnya, Shishan, Filistine and even in Iraq it is the duty of the Muslimin to support the family members, the children that are there and also the women folks that are there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. That was the highest salary given. And the second highest salary that he gave was to uh, the Imams of Masjid Umar. <laughs> Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala was the first man to give a very high salary not just to the Imams but to the Mu'azzins now Musawai is not here at the moment otherwise he'd be very happy he was the first Khalifa what he did is that he gave not just the Imams not just the Muhaddisin and the teachers that were there according to him 
jihad is of course divided into two categories the first jihad are those that are fighting in the path of Allah which is qital be safe with your sword and the other jihad is bil qalam with your pen which is education which is to make sure that you educate the ummah and teach them the Quran and hadith so this was again a very privileged position and so he started off by giving a very high salary to the muazzin and the shuyukh and the muhaddisin and the teachers that were there in the masajid he looked after them so the troops were getting a very high salary the governors were also being paid by baytul mal the muazzins were being paid by the baytul mal the scholars the imam the ulama in the time of sayyidina uthman bin affan whoever was appointed as an imam for a masjid or he was a teacher and teaching the quran and hadith they were also given a salary from the baytul mal again another thing what he had introduced during the khilafat of sayyidina uthman bin affan the very first islamic navy mashallah the first islamic navy that was established was during the khilafat of sayyidina uthman bin affan radiyallahu ta'ala that was also totally paid for by the baytul mal now i'm putting in front of you just some of the uh, different categories of uh, individuals who were being paid by the baytul mal to explain to the ummah that how rich the economy was during the khilafat of sayyidina uthman bin affan radiyallahu ta'ala when it came to his own money sayyidina uthman doing the work of khilafat what he would do he also had invested money into the right sources so at the end of the month he would also be receiving an income but that was through his own business only he would support his family and it is said that he would support his entire tribe of banu umayya his entire tribe of banu umayya the second the third thing what hazrat uthman radiyallahu ta'ala and did was those who came for hajj those who came for hajj allahu akbar it is said that all of the muslimin were given shelter all of the muslimin were given shelter all of the muslimin were given food the hujjaj that came and all of them were given whatever facility they required so when the hujjaj came to makkatul mukarrama or madinatul munawwara they did not have to pay for anything they were tents and they were places that that were specially made and designed for those who came for hajj and it was through baytul mal that everything was given to them this was a great khidmat that sayyidina uthman bin affan radiyallahu ta'ala an gave ulama have mentioned that a lot of the khidmat that came during the khilafat of sayyidina uthman bin affan was from his own wealth also a lot of the times he would not even touch baytul mal and he would give it from his own wealth scholars have mentioned that during his khilafat another great service that he provided was that he wanted the ummah to drink fresh water fresh clean water seven trent wale seven trent wale the prices have gone very high hazrat uthman bin affan radiyallahu ta'ala an gave an order that wherever a community has been formed in every area wells have to be dug up wells have to be dug up so that water is provided for all of the people that are living in the islamic state ulama have mentioned here especially muslim historians that because of this action 
a lot of the Christians and the Jews decided to move into the Islamic State. And a lot of them came and settled with the Muslimin, and a lot of them had embraced Islam. When they saw what service the Muslims were given by their good character, a lot of them had embraced Islam. This was the first time uh, the Muslims actually came in dialogue, free dialogue with the Christians and also the Jewish people and the scholars would sit. Uh, some of the historians have said that in one room you would even get the priests, the rabbis and the ulama and they would discuss and they would talk about the description of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that was mentioned in the Torah and also the Injil which had also opened up the path for these uh, non-Muslims to enter towards Islam. This again is very very important my respected brothers that we allow those that are uh, not Muslims to come in the masajid and to see how we Muslims perform our salah and what we do. So this was again a very uh, a great package, a program from Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. It is said that he personally had taken uh, labor. He would, he belabored himself in the digging of a well which was known as Bire Aris. Bire Aris was in Madinatul Munawwara approximately two miles out. And today it is said that uh, Masjid Quba is in that zone. Not very far from Masjid Quba there is a fountain. And where that fountain is, that is where the Bire Aris was. When the Muslims were digging Bire Aris, Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an physically also participated. When the water was gushing out from Bire Aris, Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an decided to sit on the edge of Bire Aris. And it is at that time the ring of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an fell into the well. And this was a cause of great distress to Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. This was a special ring. A ring that was worn by Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it had been written on it Muhammad Rasulullah. In fact in the hadith it comes and this hadith is in Mishkat that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would always take off his ring if he went to the toilet or for the call of nature because it had the name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it had the name of Allah so every time he went to the toilet or for the call of nature he would give the ring to the wife and when Khilafat was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that ring was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq passed away that ring was given to Hazrat Umar Farooq when Hazrat Umar Farooq passed away that ring was given to Hazrat Uthman and during uh, this program of digging wells in the Islamic State and during the event of Bire Aris, that ring fell in that well. It was such a difficult moment for Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Some of the scholars have said that they had seen Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala weeping and crying. And in fact, he said that I will give any amount of money to anyone who finds for me this ring. I will give any amount of money to anyone who finds for me this ring. It is said that the entire water of Bire Aris was taken out. 
The entire water, everything, it was empty. The entire well was empty. But again, subhanallah, no one could find that ring which was given by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan, what he did was he made another ring that was quite identical and it was written on it Muhammad Rasulullah and he started wearing that ring. Ulama have mentioned that the day Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an became shaheed, that ring also disappeared. Even the second ring had disappeared. Allahu Akbar. These were just some of the great contribution of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. Finally, my respected brothers, ulama have mentioned that perhaps the biggest contribution that comes from Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an is of his personal wealth that he had spent to the extension of Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not only Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but also Masjid al Haram. A lot of money of Hazrat Usman bin Affan, his personal wealth was given for the extension of Haram and also for Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was done with the Shura, with consulting all of the senior companions that were there and he said to them that it seems that on a Friday uh, there is so much crowd that comes to perform their Juma Salah in the Prophet's mosque that even the masjid has now become very very small so what is your opinion if we were to extend the masjid and so a lot of the companions said that it is fine whatever you, you feel is right go ahead with it and he Quoted a hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said to the companions that I have heard myself from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he said, Mambana masjidan lillah banallahu mithlahu fil jannah. That anyone who builds a masjid in this dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for him this beautiful mansion in jannah. And so he said that, in my opinion, we should extend the masjid. All of them gave the permission and subhanallah it is said that uh, the Prophet's mosque uh, which again the walls of it were very very weak it was demolished, all of the walls were demolished and a new extension started during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. and this covered all of the sections for an example except for the eastern block the extension was with the southern block, also the western block, and also the northern block. Now, the Qibla wall of Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that is the southern side. So where the Imam stands today, that is actually the mihrab in which Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an would stand. So this is the extension till today. Saudi government have not done any extension further towards the southern block but only to the limits which was done during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala and what he also did again some of the scholars have said that for the first time he had made this niche uh, a mihrab for himself so that uh, how those that had assassinated Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and during Fajr time they came from the front and because there was no mihrab they had assassinated Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala with, uh, with a sword and that sword 
came from the front side of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and so what Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala did was there was like a covering just like today when you see that if you go into haram and during taraweeh time uh, at times there is uh, one object that is put in front of the imam I'm not sure if you've seen that and a lot of people even do the tawaf of the Kaaba whilst the taraweeh is being recited and this object actually covers all of the imam and I've seen that it's, uh, it, it is actually to the size of the imam and the imam is in front and he reads the taraweeh and the people are also doing the tawaf this was something that was also constructed by Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. now subhanallah it is said that the southern block that the extension had to be done that house belonged to Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala half the property of Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala was purchased and half was given to him Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala what he said to Hazrat Ja'far that I will pay you 100,000 dirhams for the other half so that Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam can be extended it is said that this 100,000 dirhams that he had given was from his own wealth. From his own wealth. And exactly parallel to the house of Hazrat Ja'far ta'ala was the most important house in the vicinity of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That was the house of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. There were two houses. One towards the eastern side and one towards the western side. And both of these houses belong to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And why is say a very important house? It is said that just before the demise of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the companions, Can you take me to the mosque? Can you take me to the masjid? And Allah's Nabi sat on the member and he looked at all of the companions. And he said that I have noticed that many of you have their doors and their windows open into the inner section of the masjid. So what they would do is that they would have the window, one side of the window that was installed, they would open it and they could actually see the inside part of the masjid. And some had their houses in, in such a manner that they could even open the door in the inside section of the masjid. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, as from today, I want all of you to uh, close your doors and also your windows permanently. Seal it off. Except for the house of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. All of your house must not enter into the... All of your doors must not open up into the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam except the house of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And he said to the companions, he said that وَلَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنَ النَّاسِ خَلِيلًا لَتَّخَذْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ If I was to take anyone as a friend, anyone as a friend amongst the people, I would take Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala as a very close friend. And he said, I only give permission to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala to leave the door open and he can enter into the masjid. Ulama have said that this was just a few days before the demise of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam indicating to the khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala it is said that once Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala came and he said Ya Rasulullah 
I have my one house very close to the masjid do you allow me to install one window that would open up in the inside section of the masjid so that I can see your beautiful face Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him Ya Umar I don't give permission to you and so Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said Ya Rasulullah you give permission to Abu Bakr and you don't give permission to me you give permission to Abu Bakr and you don't give permission to me Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Hazrat Umar that the permission given to Abu Bakr is not permission from Rasulullah but it is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah told me Allah instructed me that all the doors and the windows must be shut except for the door and the window of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala during his khilafat this house is very very special even today if you are towards the western side of the masjid you will still see the name of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala on one side this tells you that this was the house of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala in fact he had sold this property to Hazrat Hafsa the daughter of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala for 4000 dirhams during his khilafat and he gave it to Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala with the 4000 dirhams he gave it to the needy people that were in Madinatul Munawwara so that room then came into the possession of Hazrat Hafsa now during the Khilafat of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala what Hazrat Uthman did was he took permission from Hazrat Hafsa that we want to include even the room and the houses of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala in the extension and permission was given to him now just to make a note here Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala had so many houses towards the eastern side the eastern side was untouched why? because that is where the hujra of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was but as you go out you have Babi Jibreel and Babu Nisa and then you have an open space and then you have Jannatul Baqi on the side that entire zone the empty space that you see and at times a lot of people even perform the salah outside and they can see the green dome and a lot of people even give salah to wassalam from the outside that entire zone a lot of it was uh, property and land that was in the possession of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala all of his houses were there and he also made that waqf to the masjid and that is why I said uh, two sessions back that it was his land also uh, towards Jannatul Baqi Jannatul Baqi was not so big but where Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala is resting today in fact that was his own garden that was his own land this was the service that Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala provided just want to explain to the brothers that how important it was and there was so much wealth in Baytul Mal that a lot of activities were taken place and a lot of things were happening with the wealth taken from Baytul Mal this was the barakat of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala inshallah ta'ala in the next few sessions uh, brothers have to bear with me we will be talking about the, the fitna and the trials 
that occurred with Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala again these are very sensitive issues and we have to be mentally prepared also to understand about some of the events that have taken place with Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala some of the battles some of the differences uh, in opinion also in between the companions and that will also uh, be uh, annexed with the Khilafat of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala the Khilafat of Hazrat Uthman and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala is much different to the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala so inshallah ta'ala what we will do is we will try to cover that thoroughly so that brothers have a clear understanding of Islamic history what I'm saying is that there are so many books today unfortunately that don't give the right information of these great great khulafa especially Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Allah Rabbul Alameen Hareeku Tawfiq De Wa Akhiru Da'wana And Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin Nabilumi wa ala alihi wa salim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna innaka anta tawabu rahim Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalkihi Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwadihi wa zuriyatihi wa ahli bayti ajma'in Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin